This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to another Tiny Toons episode of the Animaniacast. No, my turn. Not your turn. My turn. All right, you push number eight. What a big boy. I push eight, I push eight, I push eight. Yes, you did, hon. And then later go up. That's right, son. And then later go up. You got it. And then later go up. Yes. And then later go up. Yeah. And welcome, everybody, once again to another episode of Talkin' Tiny Tunes. This is the spin-off series of the Animaniacast. And today, we are talking about another episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. We are revisiting all of our favorite jokes and all the cultural references that we can think of. And, of course, in the end, we're going to give this episode of Tiny Toon Adventures a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again... Is my brother Nathan? It my turn, not your turn. I introduce myself, not you. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. Hello, everybody. Well, today we are talking about a classic, another classic episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. It's episode eighty-two of Tiny Toon Adventures, which is also known as season three, episode four, which is also known as. What Makes Toons Tick, which is also known as the segments uh, Whirlwind Romance, Going Up, and Nothing to Sneeze At. That's right, this is the one where it's right dead in the middle of this one, we're going to see little Plucky, or baby Plucky, depending on how, what you want to call him, pushing the button. Yes, classic one. This is Kelly's Choice. And Kelly, why did you decide to, to, to pick this one? I, I gave you a listing of a lot of different possibilities because, you know, our listeners have a lot of different suggestions of which ones we could talk about. Well, why did you pick this one? Uh, because baby Plucky and Elevator go up, Elevator go down. <laughs> now, this this episode, of course, uh, we all know baby Plucky it was based upon uh, Cody Ruger. Uh, Nathan Ruger uh, voiced him. But Cody Ruger actually apparently was the, you know, the real baby Plucky uh, with both flushing the toilets and with uh, pushing buttons. Uh, I actually just uh, messaged uh, Tom Ruger just to say, hey, just because we had uh, Tom and, uh, you know, Luke, Cody and Nathan all on with us uh, a couple of years ago. And they talked about I think they talked about Cody talked about pressing the buttons. So I said, a quick question for you, Tom. That, that, going up, that's Cody, right? That was Cody as well. And uh, did he like pressing elevator buttons? And Tom actually just responded to me saying, yes, he was obsessed. All the dialogue is verbatim what he would say in an elevator. So there you go. <laughs> and so Nathan knew exactly, uh, as a young young Nate Ruger, knew exactly uh, what to say and how to say it, apparently, by looking at his little brother. So... It's so true when they say, write what you know. Exactly. 
Well, I can't wait to get into this one. But before we do, Nathan, why don't you please tell us, when did this episode first premiere? Oh, Joey. Okay, so this episode premiered on September 17th, 1992, which was a Thursday. It was the same day that Frank Zappa made his final professional public appearance where he conducted the Ensemble Modern at the Frankfurt in Australia. Uh, sorry, in uh, Germany. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, it was also one day before uh, the release of movies School Ties, Husbands and Wives, and Captain Ron. And it was hey. one day after the release of Tiny Toons episode Foxtrot, which we did a, uh, an episode on, which is why uh, these notes might sound familiar. Oh, there we are. Yes, I was going to say, why did we talk about Captain Ron before? <laughs> yes. And School Ties, was that, what was that? Was that Brendan Fraser? Or that's, that's the, that's a different one I'm thinking of. Maybe that's, maybe that was School Ties. Was that with Brendan Fraser? Maybe it sounds sort of. I don't know. But I know Captain Ron. I know Husbands and Wives is with Woody Allen. Uh, School Ties is with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, okay. I know that movie then. Yes. Yes, he plays a Jewish student, and I think he's facing uh, prejudice and stuff like that from fraternity people. I remember really wanting to see that movie as a kid, and my parents saying, no, it's R-rated, you can't watch it or something. So I was like, well. But anyway, uh, a lot of good movies. I I have not seen... (laughs) More than Captain Ron, but I'm assuming the others are great. Uh, (laughs) Sure. Why not? (laughs) Uh, But let's go ahead and get into today's episode. And we're going to start off with Whirlwind Romance. And Whirlwind Romance was written by Dale Hale, and it was directed by Byron Vaughns. And basically, this whole... I should start off by saying this whole, what is this called? What makes tunes tick? It's kind of a mishmash of uh, stuff. And you can kind of tell that the writers tied these things together by saying, let's make it into time travel. Uh, it actually starts off with these kind of bumper segments with Calamity Coyote and Buster getting together, saying uh, we're going to get in Calamity Coyote's time machine, which looks really cool, by the way. Like, I thought this car should be, if there was a Tiny Toon racing video game, I would love to see this uh, involved somehow. It has a time clock, a time clock (laughs) at the front of the vehicle, and then two really cool um, nuclear nuclear power towers uh, in the back for exhaust. To Calamity's new time machine, we'll travel back in time to take an in-depth look at Dizzy's first romantic interlude. So, kids, this might be a very good time to go and get yourself a nice cheese sandwich. They go back in time, and Dizzy used to not have anybody to love. It was so boring for him. Everybody in spring, Buster and Babs, uh, you know, they're in love, at least in this segment, (laughs) for a few seconds, are in love. Montana Max uh, is being dragged by Elmira, and Gogo Dodo is in love with a blender. So everybody has a partner, except for Dizzy. Dizzy finds the whole thing very boring. Everyone too busy with love stuff. Bluck. Boring, boring, boring. And when Dizzy gets bored, Dizzy eats. Dizzy eats love. 
Meanwhile, off in the desert, two different gusts of wind, a blue gust of wind and a pink gust of wind come together. And when a mommy gust of wind and a daddy gust of wind come together and they love each other very much, they create a different gust of wind. It's true. It's science. And so this new whirlwind goes off and she she has eyes and lips and she goes and runs through a farmstead somewhere in the desert, gets clothes, and meets Dizzy. Well, Dizzy just thinks, well, this is a female Tasmanian devil and, you know, he wants to be friends with her and calls her baby. <laughs> it comes on a little strong. So he asks to hold my hand and she basically twirls him around the place and they she takes him into a cave and you hear a hear this big thud and she leaves and kind of the clothes blow off and she goes off into the distance never to be seen again she's gone and naked too (laughs) and so he goes and he cries and he walks and he walks all the way back into town all the way back into (laughs) back to where the park is where the three like tex avery looking girls are there and they all look oh my gosh he's this purple thing he's so cute hey girls look what i found oh he's so cute this is still a little sad but me think me will get over it and that's the end so there we go. There's a there's a a few highlights and lowlights, I suppose, of this little uh, short segment. But let's talk about what you guys thought of. I didn't really see any real cultural references at this, other than maybe the music that was playing when the whirlwind was. Uh, you know, in the desert, there's this just beautiful music that's playing, and I don't know if it's a theme to a movie, but it really sounded great. So if any of our listeners who are music experts know if this is an actual theme to something, please let us know. But um, yeah, I let, let me just ask you guys, uh, Nathan, Kelly, what did you two think about this uh, this episode, this first cartoon, I should say? Nathan, let's start with you. Oh, uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was nice. I don't know. It seems um, not really to do with time travel at all. <laughs> Like they went what like two weeks ago? I don't know when this happened, but uh, yeah, they, we should we should point out, and I meant to say at the beginning of this, the uh, the the ending credits are great on this one because it says, "What do these three cartoons have in common? Nothing," <laughs> <laughs> which is really true. They just kind of had just, to come up with something to take you from one segment to the other one. It had yeah. nothing to do with uh, either of the other two segments, but but. Uh, any any what was any moments that really stood out for you, Nathan? Is I saw some funny. saguaro cactuses, which reminded me of Arizona. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what about you? I thought Dizzy was really cute in it, and um, you know, at the end, he was like, uh, "Me still sad, but me think we will get over it." <laughs> that was cute. He really is a kind of a, it's very like a almost like a cookie monster kind of character, isn't he? <laughs> That's probably what it was. It, it, 
I thought was so great because yeah, he, he does talk a little bit like Cookie Monster, and I, as you know, love Cookie Monster. Yeah, and uh, he he was he does look really s- super cute and cuddly. It did remem- remind me, like I don't think any of these girls actually were romantically attracted to <laughs> Dizzy Devil. I think he was misinterpreting their attraction to him. I think they were like, oh, it's a cute little stuffed animal kind of thing. Like a puppy. Uh, yeah, a little puppy. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, actual Tasmanian devils are not cute, though, right? I no, mean, no, <laughs> they're not purple either. Um, and they don't they don't have cute little hats on. Yeah. What was that? His eyes remind me of David Bowie. <laughs> what? Does he have like two different eyes or something? Yeah, two different eye colors? Oh, I had no idea he had two different eye colors. Well, there's a little little of things. The animation in this episode was really cool. Like just like when Dizzy uh, says, you know, oh, it's boring. And he sticks out his tongue and, you know, does that his little propellers twirl on his head when he does that. Uh, you know, little details like that. Um, I Maurice LaMarche does the voice of Dizzy, and I think they might have pitched it a little bit. It seems like they kind of... I don't, know if, I don't know if Maurice can just do that voice naturally or not. My guess is that they would pitch it up a little bit. Dizzy's still bored and lonely. The only thing that kind of like... Uh, Made me go, eh, I don't know if that would say that anymore these days was when Buster says that uh, the the people that uh, the Tasmanian devils are only found to be lovable by people with tiny brains. So basically, a disgusting spinning garbage disposal, he is found to be lovable by people with very tiny brains. Hi, girls. Uh, and then they go to the girls. And I'm like, I don't think they would... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that would be the first description of <laughs> of, the, of of the women in the, these things. But yeah, in this case, they they the women are played as very one dimensional. I guess mm-hmm. they have vo- they have names, right? They have, on our on our little show notes here from the Wikipedia, they actually were in several episodes. So there's like Mitzi and I don't know Nathan. Do you have that? Um, Taffy and Jesse. Yeah, Mitzi, Taffy, and Jesse. Only one of them is credited, I think, in the credits of this episode. But uh, yeah, so they're they're reoccurring characters. We're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony, and now this cartoony is a game for NES. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get to the main attraction, I suppose. Let's get to the main event. Let's get to going up. And going up was a story by Tom Ruger, as we talked about, based upon Cody Ruger, written by Nicholas Hollander, and this was directed by Byron Vaughns. And Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in going up? Okay. Plucky and his mom, baby Plucky and his mom, are look. It looks like a shopping mall. They're at a shopping mall, um, and I don't know how common shopping malls are anymore because they are pretty much dying. If they weren't dead before this uh, pandemic, they're dead now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, 
back in the day, we used to go to shopping malls and shop. And, and I actually like to push the buttons with Dale on the elevator when I went as a kid. I wasn't obnoxious like Baby Plucky, but uh, <laughs> my brother and I would fight over who got to push the button. But um, maybe most kids do that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, they're at the mall and they go on the elevator. And at first, he's really scared. He doesn't want to go in the elevator. Here we go, son. Watch your step. No, I'm scared. But darling, there's nothing to be afraid of. No, I'm scared. It won't bite. No, I'm scared. But, uh, you know, he says, you know, I, I push the button. You know, push the button. I push the button. And he, he pushes the button to get in the elevator. And then once they're in the elevator, he wants to push the button to the floor. And so the mom tells him which floor to push. And he does. I push the button. Again and again and again. Lovely. <laughs> elevator go down. Yeah. Elevator go down. That's right. Elevator go down. Okay. But he's not satisfied with that. He wants to continue pushing the buttons. And uh, it gets a little crazy. And she's. they finally get back down to the, the first floor. And I guess she decided or forgot that she wanted to go somewhere. Because I think she wanted to go to the eighth floor. And... Um, all of a sudden it's like, oh, time to go home. <laughs> Maybe she was just tired of his antics and, uh, he didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay in the elevator and was pitching a fit and, uh, everybody was looking at them. And, uh, so while they're walking towards the, the doors to leave the mall, he sees a little baby Babs. And he grabs her hand, sticks her hand in his mom's hand, and then he runs away back to the elevator. And his mom continues on, not realizing that, you know, baby swap tip has gone on. And so he gets back up in the elevator, and now he's being really obnoxious. Um, I would have slapped the kid, honestly. <laughs> um, because he... Uh, He's terrorizing the people on it and, you know, they make them go up and down, up and down. And when they, they can finally get off the elevator, they start muttering themselves, you know, like, oh, oh, let them, somebody lets their child run wild and things like that. You can kind of hear amongst the chatter. My elevator, not your elevator, my elevator, not your elevator, mine. And uh, so he keeps playing, the, playing with the buttons and, and going up and down and now he pretty much has the elevator to himself. And then he goes down to the sub basement and he's like, elevator go down the hole, you know, bottom <laughs> of the hole. And down in the sub basement, there's a thief who's tied up the security guards and he's stealing money from the vault. So he takes the elevator up or, you know, he pushes up to go, go up. And then that's when baby plucky comes down he gets in the elevator with Baby Plucky because he's staring straight ahead and doesn't even see him on the on the floor. My elevator, not your elevator. My elevator. Let go, kid. I push the button. No, you push the button. I push the button. Let go. It's my turn. It's not your turn. It's my turn. <laughs> Baby Plucky's driving him crazy, and he starts going up and down so hard that the guy's leaving imprints uh, on the floor and on the ceiling. And it's ridiculous. And meanwhile, his mom finally gets to the car. And she, as she's putting, quote unquote, baby Plucky into the car seat, she realizes that it's not baby Plucky. And so I hope Babs got back with her mom. Yeah, they don't. They, they <laughs> or maybe she just turned her into lost and found or something. I don't know. Oh, and I should point out 
this bothered me when I was watching the episode that shows the, the change in the times, but baby Plucky kept pushing the buttons and he put his thumb in his mouth. And I was just yeah. like, oh, oh no, you need some hand wipes or something. Don't, uh-uh. No. no. <laughs> um, and, uh, and even back when there wasn't a pandemic, my granny was like that. She said, wash your hands, Kenny. Wash your hands. Ooh, germs. Ooh. <laughs> <She> was <like, laughs> granny was a hoop. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so his mom goes running back into the mall. And uh, meanwhile, the guards escape the ropes. And so they get back upstairs. And uh, just in time to see Plucky and, and the guy, he keeps trying to get out of the elevator. And um, finally... Finally, baby Plucky's mom sees him, and uh, they are reunited. And that guy doesn't really show him get caught, but uh, it shows him stuck back on the elevator going way, I guess, way back down to the bottom of the, the mall again. Yeah. Not to the not to the sub-basement like it was at the beginning, I noticed, the second time watching this, that he doesn't go all the way back down to the sub-basement again. He just goes to the basement. So, yeah. who knows? I'm assuming he got caught, but... Uh, maybe not because the the same character whose name is Hitcher uh, is later in uh, Tiny Toon Adventures: How I Spent My Summer Vacation as a murderous hitchhiker who wants to eat uh, the Ham- uh, Hampton his family. So maybe he never got caught. <laughs> well, yeah, it seems like he could have escaped out of the basement. Yeah, so. exactly. So oh, they, oh. and the police got their money back. So like, well, whatever, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> let him go. Live and let live. <laughs> well, there's a lot of cool moments in this cartoon. I mean, this is this is. I think anybody who's seen this episode remembers it. Uh, I remember seeing it as a kid and just loving it, uh, especially because we had a glass elevator, a lot like that at at the Tucson Mall. I remember, uh, you know, automatically making that connection to this episode. Like, oh, that's like our mall. So. This is a huge mall, though. This is like how many floors? Twelve floors or something? Something like that. It's, yeah, and really two basements. Yes. What was that, Kelly? My mall only had two floors. Yeah, so that's the same with yeah. Ours is like yeah, we is like oh the two story mall that we can go exactly. to. We had I think <laughs> like, most malls a, are only two stories. I mean, which at, or I mean, most malls might be one. This story is literally too, the know? tallest mall. <laughs> In Toontown. Yeah. I don't know. They can't even say America. But uh, in Acme Acres, they uh, apparently are very limited for space. So they built up <laughs> and made a mall that was uh, huge. Uh, most of the signs are... And only one elevator, Yeah, right? no, no, they had multiple <laughs> elevators. I, I, okay. They had a it? few okay. glass elevators in, around the place. It's uh, it's really a huge mall. I mean, this, this thing went bankrupt years and years ago. This is not feasible with internet shopping. Um, and plus, one of the stores is, is you know just named Jall J A L L. I noticed, which is I don't know what you sell in the Jall, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of cool moments in this. Uh, let's start, I guess, uh, Kelly. Well, well actually, you, you talked about it. So, Nathan, let's start with you. Any moments in this that uh, you thought were cool? I liked Baby Plucky in this. Is that weird to say? No, not at all. I- 
No, <laughs> like uh, when he he's, uh, wants to go in the elevator and then he's immediately scared to go into the elevator, which is very cute. Yeah. I scared. I scared. I scared. Uh, uh, yeah. Just, uh, every time he talks, just everything's very funny. Yeah. So. Escalators that always scared me. Oh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen a lot of kids scared of escalators, which it kind of makes – I mean, you can actually get hurt on an escalator relatively easily too. So, I mean, especially for a little kid, my mom – my mom would always tell us about how she broke her arm on an escalator uh, when she was like a little kid. I don't know if, how true this is, but she broke her arm. She said, um, you know, the, by pushing on the the arm thing at the very top of the escalator. I know as a kid, I would like try to push on the whatever you want to call that, the hand. To like feed it yeah, into the hole? No, to like push it against it or something. Like push, oh, push back weird. on okay. it. I don't know. We would just do that, like, you know, like a conveyor belt, like push against it Mm -hmm. at the top. And my mom would stop us and say, don't do that. that, When I was a kid, I, that thing flipped off the thing and wrapped around my arm and broke my arm. Now that horrific thing, I have no idea if that's true or not, but my mom always said it to me. So should I, should I get her on the podcast and see if, yeah, (laughs) it's right. Go get mom. Well, I don't think you don't want mom to get mom on the show. She'll just talk forever. (laughs) Uh, but it's like, I mean, baby Plucky is super cute in this. I mean, just the, the elevator go up. That's right. Baby elevator, elevator, not elevator, elevator. I got to say it right. Mm -hmm. By the way, the closed captioning, at least on the DVD did not get it right. They kept, they kept saying elevator and they didn't even say, what was that? Lulu got it right. Oh, good. Cause, and they missed out little things on the DVD as well. Like, yes, sir. Like they don't, they don't put that in there. Yeah. I love the, the the mom's response to the third time that, that Plucky's like he's like yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah huh um, I know uh-huh. Tris McNeil just doing her mom voice same mm-hmm. as Mindy's mom and everything is just so great and just the the delay of that last one where he's like Ella later go up <laughs> it's it's just super cute and just the little moments like this was storyboarded I should mention by Keith Tucker. Who's a uh, uh, you know great storyboard artist? He did a lot of storyboards for Ducktales and Jim uh, and a lot of a lot of classic cartoons. So he Sorry, has no. what was that? Had to yeah. <laughs> Triggered response exactly. That's <laughs> classical conditioning, as they say. Right, uh, have to do that. Uh, but if you go to TuckerTunes.com, I believe you can see some of these uh, storyboards for Baby Plucky and uh, doing it. But it's the, just the expressions on his face as well. Like when everybody clears out, like when you were saying, Kelly, everybody's grumpy and he's he's just on the elevator like with his arms crossed. It just looks so cute. Like he's just so, so bossy. Um, and in that temper tantrum that he has. Like no, no, it's and it's such a fake temper tantrum, like a little kid will have because as soon as he sees Babs, he immediately steps out of it. Run it again! Run it again! Oh! Stops crying immediately, and Babs, her eyeballs, that little baby bunny, that baby's eyeballs were just three times. <laughs> Well, eyes never grow. That's so true. They always stay the same, right? They're probably the same. She has big eyes as a, as a regular bunny. Like right? so. 
Oh, I didn't hear. Um, I didn't hear that. Anime. Oh, the anime eyes. Yeah. Well, she is animated. Animated. Uh, <laughs> um, I. She reminded me of uh, Mindy too when she says, "Hi, lady." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Hi, lady. <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of cool little moments, and we should mention that there, that of course this pe- spe- specific episode or cartoon essentially shows up as a reference in Animaniacs episodes. This mm-hmm. was a reference in Survey Ladies. Would you like to take a survey? No. And then Adrian go down the hole. Mm-hmm. So you can see hit Baby Plucky in there and. Just a lot of the going down the, the hole, wasn't there? I had the, I mean, I guess the golfing one, right? Where it's slappy and uh, in the garden. Uh, yeah, but that might have been more for the uh, the toilet one. There, there's one true. that was um, the uh, Les, Bo- Les Boutons et Le Balloon. Oh, yeah. They're in France, and they go into um, the Eiffel Tower, and there's a baby plucky, That's and he right. says, He says it in French. Yeah. Yeah, he says it in French. La, 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 or whatever he says. We'll put it in the co- yeah. thing here. So, <laughs> which, of course, Nathan Ruger does know French. So, again, yeah. Was this is very impressive. I don't think I don't think Nate Ruger gets enough credit for being such a great voice actor as a kid um mm-hmm. i mean now he's doing directing and he has this really cool um spooky short that's been put out on the internet you can check out his twitter page for that i think which is at nate ruger to to find links to that but he made this uh goat man uh movie which is ooh spooky so now he's like doing all these scary movies and everything but back in the day he's a talented little kid <laughs> he's still talented. He's still a, well, he's not a little kid anymore. He's that talent <laughs> just grew, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, good good stuff. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our last segment for today, which is called Nothing to Sneeze at. Next up, a trip all the way back to last Thursday as Hampton and Sneezer encounter that age-old childhood fear. The closet monster. And Nothing to Sneeze At was written by Beth Bornstein and Paul Dini and was directed by Byron Vaughns. And Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens in Nothing to Sneeze At? Ooh. So uh, this one stars Oogie, the closet monster, um, and he's trying to scare Hampton. Um, but Hampton is too old and uh, doesn't. he says there's no such thing as closet monsters. I'm the terrifying closet monster, and you're the hapless kid scared to death of me. Like, that's the deal, you know. Look, there's no such thing as closet monsters. Oh, nuts. Even though it's clearly right there, but <laughs> that means uh, Oogie is out of a job, so he has to go to the unemployment office and try to find a new uh, job. And while he's in the bathroom, the receptionist is like, hey, I got a new uh, job for a closet monster. And all the other monsters are there are like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then they find out it's for uh, Sneezer, 
and they decide like, oh no, this is terrible. So they all run away. Uh, and then that's when Uki comes out of the restroom and he's like, oh, cool, closet monster job. Uh, so he doesn't know that you don't want to be <laughs> Sneezer's closet monster. <laughs> oh. The receptionist is even like, oh, I hope his insurance is up to date or something like that, you know. Uh, so yeah, he goes over and, you know, you think it's a little mouse. Surely I'll be able to scare this mouse. But instead, uh, Sneezer's just like bemused by all the scary things the closet monster's doing. It's like, oh, I can make scary faces and noises too. Hey, that's pretty good. I can make scary sounds too. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, I sure can. And then, um, then Sneezer sneezes after he makes his scary noises and faces and uh he uh, oogie is blown out of the mouse hole <laughs> sneezer comes out and uh trying to figure out what happened and oogie's like why aren't you scared of me i could be your worst nightmare and he like even takes the form of like a cat and you would think this mouse is gonna be afraid of a cat but no Sneezer's allergic to cats, I guess, because he sneezes again and um, and he just keeps sneezing until all of Oogie's skin falls off. Yeah. Or what is <laughs> he blows off his spots and then he blows off his, his purple spots? skin. Yeah, the purple skin part. And then uh all he's he's just in his underwear, and then Sneezer's making fun of him because he's in his underwear. <laughs> uh... <laughs> the monster lost his pants. So uh Oogie has to head back home. And he's lost another job, I guess. And he's like, decides he needs to get a new profession, he's saying, in bed. And then, you know, wouldn't you know it? His closet's opening up and there's a scary shadow coming out. Oh, and he's frightened because it's Sneezer. He's back. And that's how it is. Poltergeist. Yep. (laughs) Boom. That was our there one cultural reference, really, to that. Although, if kids were to see this today, they would say... Oh, it's reference is is like Monsters Incorporated. Because <laughs> it really does have yeah. a pre-Monsters Inc. feel to it, doesn't it? With the monsters mm-hmm. all working and they go have to go into the closet and then go to this portal to another place to So I think I think that uh the people Pixar, Pixar stole it. Yeah, P- Pixar stole this idea, ran with it, and yeah, uh is basically uh boo, you know. Exactly. It could, hey, I don't I'm not saying that Pixar owes the writers of Tiny Toons some money, but I think they owe them some money. Ewing calls him a kitty, and Oogie becomes a kitty. Oh my gosh. What? (laughs) It's all connected. (laughs) There's too many connections. (laughs) But it's a a cute thing. I mean, cultural references, there's not really much of of anything in here, other than I, I saw some cool little Little things on the the wall of Hampton's uh, bedroom. Uh, there was like Curse of Frankenswine and Night of the Were Pig, and he also had some some books such as uh, Porcine Sports Legends, and uh, of course he's into literature such as Pygmalion, and also reading Hamlet. So some good pig puns right there. Um, but there's also a lot of connections to old Looney Tunes cartoons. Uh, pretty much any kind of scary-ish villain that would go against Bugs Bunny. Yeah, they're probably in this, uh, 
this cartoon. So they have, I'm just going to name a few of them here. Uh, Witch Hazel's in there, of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Hugo the Abominable Snowman. Uh, they have some of those instant Martians, kind of the bird-looking guys that pop up from Marvin the Martian. Uh, Gossamer Jr. is in it. I don't remember Gossamer Jr., but I do remember the big Gossamer guy. But there's a little Gossamer there, so Gossamer Jr., mm. I don't know. Uh, but they have uh, some other uh, Count Blood Count uh, vampire guy from one of the T- Chuck Jones cartoons with Bugs Bunny is in it. So a lot of, lot of you know, various There's like a, a gremlin there, right? Yes, from- I did see the gremlin. That's right. For real quick, there was a gremlin. So there's just, there's just a lot of stuff. I, I really like those moments when, uh, in Tiny Toons and Animaniacs, when they're just throwing a bunch of stuff. And if you don't pause it, you won't see it. And uh, even if you do pause it, if you don't know your cartoons, you probably don't get the importance of why that's yeah, even there. Like, oh, that's a cool design. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so that was really cool to see. But um, let's start with you, Kelly. What are some moments in this that you thought were uh, thought were funny or cool? I just like Sneezer. I think he's. Um, I always think about him being in the phone call from the four hundred five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then when he said he was allergic to nightmares. <laughs> I'm allergic to nightmares. I thought that was cute because they reminded me of my dog. Um, he's not with us anymore, but uh, he was allergic to humans, um, which I thought was hysterical. I had to actually get allergy shots, mostly because of, like, you know, trees and grass. But uh, it's like people get allergic to dogs and Dogs get allergic to humans. I um, had no idea that was possible. Or actually, actually, more similarly, it's like uh, Morla, the ancient one in the Neverending Story. He's like, I'm allergic to you. And he keeps sneezing at <laughs> our grave. Um, but anyway, uh, so I thought that was really cute. And I like the the light, the way it, it lit up the closet when the, the monsters appeared. Yeah, that really cool glowing. I don't know how they do that because, yeah, it really is this orange really bright light that come comes out and stands apart from the rest of the uh the colors in the episode so uh and yeah the the voice itself of that uh oogie uh who joe alaski i believe does the voice of uh oogie in this uh, joe alaski is credited at the uh in this episode as voicing plucky but of course uh you know adolescent plucky doesn't talk in this episode uh, only Nate Ruger is little plucky voices. So I believe Joe Alasky is doing the voice and it kind of sounds like a Bobcat Goldthwait or Pete the Puma, uh, uh voice by Stan Freeberg kind of thing going on. So he had a goofy voice. I kind of, I really like that. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it was cute. I just like the, not much to it, but it's, uh, it's, it's still cute. And Sneezer is a kind of a one joke, uh, character but you team him up with the right thing and it's it's all good uh oogie's not the most intimidating character maybe it would maybe it would have worked slightly more for me if i actually did think oogie was a threat uh i don't think oogie was ever threatening at all you know what i mean even though they go down to the water cooler and they're all drinking blood from a water cooler, it just—he just doesn't seem that it's intimidating. Like, eh. Yeah, he's—he's he's fine. He just drinks blood. 
but whatever. Well, once you tell him he's imaginary, he's like, well, okay, I guess so. Yeah, no, hopefully. That's kind of how real monsters work, too, you know? You just tell them they're imaginary, and then they go away. Oh. <laughs> have experience with this, Nathan? Yeah. Oh. I, and now I don't have them anymore. Oh, wow. So now they're all gone, because I'm like, hey, you don't, you don't exist, and then there you go. Oh. Uh, he, he reminded me of uh, John C. Riley, his voice. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking whenever, whenever, it whenever he talked. It does like, like John C. Riley. I was like, what? I mean, you uh, hear Paul F. Tompkins do a John, his John C. Riley imp- uh, impression? I'm, it, I'm sure I have. It's it's pretty much this, now that I think about it. He's like, I gotta watch Cirque du Freak. Um, and I like that uh, that Oogie wants to be a tooth fairy or something, you know, i just trying to imagine him as a tooth fairy. So. Yeah, I want to see the sequel to this one with him as an Easter bunny or... <laughs> Easter bunny or Which, I mean, gosh, that was kind of a spoiler for some little kids, I suppose, saying that these two are imaginary, but I don't know. Well, that they also think that monsters are, you know... There's he's power. not imaginary. He exists. Look at him. Yeah, it's power and imagination, right? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Uh, anyway, good, good stuff. Well, let's go ahead. Let's get to what we were waiting for, the Water Tower Rating. Well, Nathan and Kelly, let's get to it. Out of five water towers, how many would you give this episode of Tiny Toon Adventures? Nathan, let's start with you. Ooh, okay. Um, I didn't want to go first. Uh, okay, I'm, I'll say uh, four. Uh, four. Why? Because uh, I, w- I don't want to say four and a half. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> uh, I think the, I mean, obviously, if it was just Baby Plucky, it would be like a five and then go home, you know. But like the Dizzy Devil one is like, it's fine. There's only the one funny joke I felt where she lost all her clothes. <laughs> She's naked. And then the rest of that, I was like, okay, this is fine. And then uh, the final one is just kind of like, I mean, it was interesting seeing all the monsters, but again, like, it's nothing can compete with the Baby Plucky cartoon. It just, I don't know if those were not good cartoon. It's just like, it's, the Baby Plucky is just so good, it makes everything else around it seem not as good. All right. <laughs> uh, Kelly, what about you? I'm going to go with four and a half, uh, mostly because of Baby Plucky. Um, I, I do feel like the bookend segments weren't nearly as strong, but they were fine. And uh, so, yeah, I'll be I'll be more generous than Nathan. All right. And I'm going to agree with you, Kelly. I'm going to go with four and a half for this as well. Uh, for all the reasons you guys were saying. Yeah, Baby Plucky uh, going up. That's like, it's totally the best segment in classic. And if I were just telling somebody like, here are like the top segments of Tiny Toons you should watch. I would totally include at least this middle segment as uh, I think in my top 10 easily uh, that people should watch. Um, so, yeah, so 4.5 out of 5 for me as well. Hello, listener. This is Jess Harnell, the voice of Wacko and Animaniacs, and you're listening to Animania Cast, which is the best thing you could possibly listen to, especially if you're not wearing pants. I'd love to go on talking to you, but I can't because I've got a potty emergency. See you later. So we're going to play... We have a very, very, very important question to ask you. We have a very, 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 very important question to ask you. And I have thought of a character in my head, and Nathan and Kelly will ask me 21 questions or less. 
hopefully they'll get it. And we'll start with you, Nathan. All right, this is out of left field. Is this character in the opening theme song? Yes. Ah. These are all yes or no questions, right? Uh, they can be. I'll, if it's, you know, if it's short, I'll give a short. Uh, Joey, give a yes or no response. I'm sorry, um, please. Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. How about mostly as yes or no? Okay, so now then we're at two questions. <laughs> no, that's that's it's not Kylie's questions yet. Um, let's see. Um, is the character male? Yes. Is the character human? Yes. Does the character work for Warner Brothers? No. Um. Uh oh man. Uh is the character uh in more than two episodes of Animaniacs besides the theme song? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's hmm. Hmm. But it's a human male. This is and what we've gotten so far. Not, not in more than two episodes. Not in more than two. I think there's only one episode that's really like featured heavily. Yeah. Um. I just wanted to check if it was a side character. It seems like it's a, well, a side character. <laughs> was the character in a segment with the Warner siblings? Yes. Is the character a historical figure? Yes. I really should rewatch the opening again. <laughs> it's cheating you can't do it right now don't yeah right now, but don't focus on the beginning don't focus on the beginning yeah it's obviously like he gets his head hit or something Ooh. you know it's gonna be um oh is it beethoven yes <laughs> wow that's who i was thinking that was only eight Woo! there you go and that's how you play we have a very 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 important question to ask you lama, 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 a question answer please See, the question is, it doesn't, the rounds don't have to go that long. You got it right away. And I thought it was. Is that a reference to my long one? Yes, that would never be aired. (laughs) The mime one that we got, Uh, if it was torture. You were going in that direction again, but the mime's in more than two episodes. Yeah. 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 That's why I was going to ask that question, just to be like, (laughs) it's not the mime. Get that out of there. Yeah. We will never air that one, mainly because it's been lost to the uh, trash can on my computer, but also because it was torture. <laughs> We're not going to play when Nathan gave us the mime. Just just know, people, it was torture. Well, let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people reach you online? Joey, I'm on Twitter. Uh, JangoFT, that's me. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A, C-S-S, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. And, uh, of course, the Animaniacast, you can reach us over on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, or you can send us an email, which is Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. And speaking of RetroZap.com, you should head on over there right now today. Do it now. And why? Well, because there's great content there every single day. Not only podcasts, but fantastic articles as well. And so you can check out, actually, the podcast feed for RetroZap. And you can get every single RetroZap podcast, including the Animaniacast, put right to your podcast player absolutely for free. So 
do it. It's great content. And if you want to talk to not only us, but all the other RetroZap folks, you should head on over to our Discord channel. You can get a welcome link by going to discord.animaniacast.com and that will give you the welcome link to join the Discord channel and talk about Animaniacs or really anything pop culture. We have a lot of great people in there and it's really one of the most active channels on the RetroZap group. So thank you to all the people on uh, our Discord group for keeping it uh, moving and fresh and friendly and just fantastic. So there you go. Fresh, friendly, and fantastic. The triple F's of the animated cast. <laughs> Whatever that is. Put that on a shirt. Okay, well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Want to go on the elevator? No, you push the button, I push the button.